Nah, now we here. Fuck that. We here now. Without further ado. Woo! Woo! They talking about real niggas back in style. Look, we never went nowhere. We decided to turn to a secret society. Cause too many sucker niggas got a blue check and thought they was somebody. You know who I'm with. Mic check, mic check. Sometimes you gotta remind niggas, bruh. Cool. Turn me up. Uh huh. Yeah. He came back in the same suit that he was buried in, similar to the one his grandfather was married in. Yes. He was still fresh to death, blamed to it rings, the chain laying on his chest. He still had it cause they couldn't find it. And the bullets from his enemies sat like two inches behind it. Smelled the Hennessy from when his niggas got reminded and poured out liquor in his memory. He didn't mind it, but he couldn't sip it fast enough. So the liquor was just filling the casket up. Floating down by his feet was the letter from his sister. Second grade handwriting simply read, I miss ya. Suit jacket pocket held his baby daughter's picture. Right next to it, one of his man stuck a swisher. He had a notion as he laid there soaking He saw that the latch was broken He kicked his casket open and he This life goes passing you by It might go fast if you lie You born, you live, then you die Oh, 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 oh If life goes passing you by Don't cry If you're breaking the rules Making your moves yeah. Paying your dues uh-huh. Chasing the cool Not at all nervous as he does What's up, what's And I go by the name of Reggie Days, man and welcome back to Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. I'm joined by my right-hand man. Shame the dream. Hope everybody out there is having a good time. Beautiful. Had to recharge the batteries, had to get everything back. But I hope you guys missed us. How you been feeling, though, just lately? Lately, I've been feeling good. Better. Um, the spiritual journey I've been going on or whatever been, uh, you know, elevating my frequency, honestly. So I've been feeling, like, way better than than usual which I'm, I'm thankful for, more positive than negative, you know what I'm saying? And then I see different things that's being attracted to me and coming my way. So I've been, you know, I've been I've been on a high vibe in a good way, man. How about you, bro? I mean, I feel like the past, um, the past few months have done me well, bro. It's done me justice. I think uh, getting back into that vibe, being able to just sit back, you know, relax and, yes, and, and kind of tune back into yourself. Sometimes you lose yourself when you start doing stuff like whether it be podcast, radio, whatever. Mm-hmm. You um <clears throat> you forget kind of how to just be regular, bro, and or just cool. chill or yeah. be cool. Like really. That's I think that that's that's where I'm going with today. Like I felt out of whack. <laughs> Did For you real? start like, to feel uncool? I wouldn't say uncool, but I felt like um I never like I never realized how much I put into this until I didn't have it to do. Mm-hmm. And then like imagine waking up on a day like being somebody who kind of zips and zaps around, you know, I got my day job, I got other things that we do, editing, cutting, doing the images and all of that takes up so much time. Waking up on a day where you normally work nonstop and having nothing to do was like startling. Really? I felt like I felt like I had to relearn who I was, kind of. Ain't really. 
Yeah, because could you, could you walk us through that a little bit? Because that's interesting. It's kind of like a spiritual journey. So I'm, yeah, you know, I follow you. Okay, so I feel like anybody who has a job that's like um, that's busy gets mm-hmm. into a mode because as people, we learned this, you know, pre and post pandemic. You get into a groove in life, mm-hmm. and with that groove, you you kind of center your day around whatever it is. It could be your job. It could be people who are parents who have kids. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see two different types of parents. I see parents that, you know, they ain't never with their kids. We, mm-hmm. we all know those. Yeah. But there's also the ones that are real parents, like they really be with their kids all the time or whatever. Yeah. When your kids are not around, like while they're there, you'd be like, damn, I would love a break. I would love for, you know, somebody to come and babysit the kids and I get a vacation, this and that. But when they not around for that first like six, seven, eight hours, sometimes days, first few days, you're kind of yeah. looking over your shoulder like, all right, what do I do now? Right. And that's what it felt. Because also, it was two things that happened at once. Took a break from the pod. Took a break from another project that will not be named. Mm-hmm. And my job all of a sudden kind of just got mad lax. <laughs> All at the same time. Like, my day job was yeah. just chill. Oh, really? That's good, because I know, you know, y'all work hard you yeah. know, with what you was doing. Yeah, so it was just like, it was a few different things. It was a few different things <laughs> that all clicked at once. The first thing was me being like, do I have hobbies anymore? <laughs> That's a harsh reality for a lot of us. Like, when you nice start thinking about talk. it, you're like, no, like do I talk. still, like, what... <laughs> And it's it's a blessing to know that what you do for fun is also what you see as work, because that's what really it is. Like, I'm a person who, you know, I love being on the mic. I love everything about it. I love everything about entertaining. So I'm blessed in that sense. But for me, that makes vacation confusing. Mm. Did you find any hobbies? I got back into things that I used to do. Like, I went back into playing my horn, you know, being a that's jazz a musician. I, a I went back into... Um, I, I I had time to read. I was like, yo, I haven't read in a while. Like actual, like on some, like reading an actual book, ebooks, but same still thing. books. Same, yeah, yeah, same, same thing. Model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, physical books. Um, as far as like kind of having a place to put them and all that, it's it's so much more convenient with ebooks. Even though I prefer tangible physical books. Yeah, but until I'm I like school. now that I'm in an apartment, I don't want to like. I don't want too much because I know eventually I'm moving into a home. Yeah. So I don't want to have no like, clutter. Too much to, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got you. Like when I'm sedentary and I have like my real home, then yeah, I'm gonna get real books. Mm-hmm. But for now, ebooks is the way for me. But yeah, like having that time to actually read, having that time to, you know, hell, you've you've seen the weight loss journey. Yes, I've sir. Lost hella weight. Um, having time to go to the gym for real and yeah. like stay there, like that was different too. Yeah. Actually sleeping at night was different. Like, <laughs> you actually sleeping, bro? Yeah, and that's different. Yeah, you king team no sleep. Yeah, so that's good. That's good though, because that's you know that's good for your health, your mental health, more than more than um anything physical as well with the sleep though, for sure. Yeah, it tapped me into like how much you know. The pandemic turned me into. What it turned me into a concentrative version of what I already was, which I was already a workaholic. I was already yeah. somebody who, 
you know, I'm a shark. Like I bury my head down. And I just run through whatever it is and I just do it. With the pandemic limiting options as far as like going outside the house and doing certain things, mm. I didn't realize how concentrated all that became until taking this break and going out and going to places and like seeing people and being like, I haven't really been living. So that was that was the realization that came across me. Nah, that's good though, man. I, ultimately, I'm glad you're feeling, you know, better, more in tune with your with yourself, because it's it's big for all of us, you know, when we on the uh, on our journey in work, work and life and our career life. You know, you bury your head in that, like you said, and sometimes you kind of forget what it's like to be like, you know, just chill outside of that. Yeah, man. Um, the dopest thing. I think out of all of this, though, is I, I feel like uh, my love for travel kind of got reawakened. Really? Where, like, I always liked traveling, but yeah. now it's like my love for it got a little bit better. Because I ain't going to lie, one bad habit I have, and I don't think that's gone away, I'm one of those dudes, and you know this because y'all have to tell me to stop. I'm definitely the guy who pods on the trip. Yo, the last time we was... Trying to go somewhere, he's like, should I strap up and bring the... I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Leave that shit at home. And it's so funny. It, it's so, like, second nature to me, where it's like, well, something might happen. We might want to talk about it. Yeah, and we could talk about it when we get back. <laughs> the fuck? But I think um, having that time to really relax reawakened all of that for me so that that that's fun man but it also made up. me it gave me time to look at everybody and become a people watcher again and i think that's that's why this this season is going to be a lot more interesting a reality bites because a lot of the things a lot of the things i ended up writing about and a lot of the episodes i've come up with are more so from watching people you mentioned okay you mentioned me getting back in touch with my cool earlier right mm -hmm. so i got a question for you what is cool? Like, if you say somebody's cool or you say, like, what is your what is your definition of cool? My definition of cool, comfortable. Comfortable in your own skin, confident. Um, regular to an um, extent. Not trying to be overly, um, what's the word? Overzealous, overly outspoken or anything like that. Just to mm -hmm. me, my definition of cool is, you in your rawest form. You in your most regular space. To me, your cool is when you come outside in a in a white tee and gym shorts and not worried about your drip. You know what I'm saying? You just cool in your own skin, even if you're going to the to the grocery store. Some of us have to get fly just to go to the grocery store to me because they don't feel cool. Mm. So to me, to me, not to like I said, get on no left field tangent. Cool is just to me ultimate comfortability within yourself. Who you are, your aura. You know what I'm saying? Swag, swag involved. Swag is just a secondary thing. You know what I'm saying? Swag, style, whatever. That's secondary to that. But what come with it mainly is just who are you, your character, how you move, um, how you vibrate. You feel me? That's that's my definition of cool. Just how how are you in your rawest form? Think back, right? Mm -hmm. You're a child again. Mm -hmm. What was the first person or thing that you saw and thought, damn, that's cool? Like, who who was a person that defined cool for you? Let's go 
a uh, real person first, like somebody you really knew, and then we'll do like you know TV okay. character or celebrity. Um, the first person I thought was cool, probably, probably one of my uncles. Man, a couple of my uncles was like real players and and into that that world. So I say probably like one of my one of my uncles. No, no specific name, but yeah, just you know they was caddy with the caddies being uh, fresh with the b boy style. Um, what city? You know what I'm saying New York, Rochester, okay. spe- Rochester specifically. But uh, you know what I'm saying my uncles used to run around or whatever, and they they lived that they lived a dope boy lifestyle. I ain't ashamed to say that they know what they you know what it was. And at the end of the day, there was they was cool. They was always like, when I talk to them, Sheem the Dream comes derives from my uncle, one of my uncles that was a pimping, and he he literally called me Sheem the Dream or uh, whatnot. So from there, like that that stuck with me, and that's like you know my you know my stage name now, as y'all know me whatnot but he was they was always just player they was always relaxed you never really see them seen them too much uncomposed they always had like uh witty witty sayings and things like that so yeah i have to probably go with um my my uncles interesting you know i always forget that um some of especially some of rochester's like culture from earlier in the days kind of was similar to southern culture too like with the caddies and the like the 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 old schools, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the appreciation for for old school rides and all yeah, of that. Yeah, BBSs like, was definitely a thing up in up in New York as well. And just like I said, some rather it was low riders or or but like I said, they was they was doing caddies like whatever you want to name DeLorean, Deville, uh, whatever other caddies I'm not naming. That was their thing, and mm-hmm. how they had them, they were they were clean and 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 moving so. That's that's, that's what I thought was. Bring I back thought that the was, Cadillac. I thought that was fly. They was they was fly. They had their gold on. You feel me? The velour suits, the Kango hats, and even if that was that was never gonna be really my style like that. Just the the presentation. They were comfortable in their own skin. They weren't insecure men at all. They was you know who they are. You know what I'm saying? For me, it, for me it was um, it was my stepdad. Mm. My stepdad was probably the first time. Yeah. Like that was somebody I looked at and I was like, damn. He's cool. Like, yeah, he was somebody who he was mad charming. A lot of people fucked with him. He knew so many people. Yeah, and he was uh, somebody who got me really tapped in with just being around the city. He was a um, he was a delivery driver, mm-hmm. and um, he used to do like help people move in and out of places. He had a uh, uh, one of those like fifteen passenger type vans or whatever, but yeah. it, you know, empty in the back like a cargo van, mm. and he. That was his business. And, you know, New York, you got one of those, especially back then. Mm-hmm. You making mm-hmm. bread. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, meeting people in person like, you know, LL and mm-hmm. MC Light okay. and all these different people. And they, like, know who he is was, like, nuts to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that. that's, as like, kid, crazy. That, as a kid, that's, that's like, a, like a superhero situation. Exactly. And I remember, like... I guess crossing over into my first ideas of cool being um being a child I feel like probably like Danny Zuko from Greece maybe might might be my earliest thought oh uh, like a movie character that you thought was cool I think I think Danny Zuko from Greece mm-hmm. and um I think Eddie Murphy I think mm-hmm. I think Eddie was like mm-hmm. one of my first one of the first times I looked at a nigga and be like yeah I'm gonna do that <laughs> yeah, 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 and cool. Then for for like those those like it starts with sports. Definitely starts with sports for me. Um, uh, Iverson, 
um, Iverson and Snoop probably were like two people that um, stood out at, in my childhood. There's other people that like I could get a, a list going, but it, it'd be like Iverson, Snoop, Biggie, um, Pac. Um, these are who's the earliest the, though. The earliest, uh, like, like super young you. Because for me, like here's why ooh, I say Eddie, right? Here's, it, here's why I say Eddie. Yeah, Eddie was that for me before I even knew what he looked like. Old story. Um, my stepdad's hanging with a whole bunch of people. Yeah, they drinking <clears throat> beers, kicking back, listening. And this yeah, was yeah. back when people used to just listen to the audio of stand-up comedians without even the video. Ah, okay. So they had the yeah. stand-up as like a CD. Mm-hmm. And he was kicking back. And I think, I don't even think it was a CD. I think it was a, a, a cassette tape. Yeah. It was, the, uh, it was the Eddie Murphy Delirious cassette tape. And he had it in a boom box and everybody sitting there mm-hmm. chilling, laughing. Okay. And I realized, like, they're not listening to music. They're not. This is just a dude talking. Yeah. And he got the room rolling. He's controlling a whole room full of grown men. And they are just rolling. They don't even need to see him. And it's hitting. The material's moving. That's powerful. Yeah. So I remember that being like, I was so interested. Who is this person? I remember, you know, everybody clearing out. Stepdad finally goes to sleep. This and that. I get my hands on that tape, bring it in my room, yeah. turn the volume all the way as low as possible, yeah. and be up listening to like stand up late at night. I yeah. remember, you know, begging for blank tapes to like record blank tapes. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh man, to this like is, to like record stand up, record stand up, and just be listening to these guys. Like that's hard. So for me, when I finally did get to put a, a face to the person and I saw the swag, I saw the leather jackets with the big gold ropes and the this and yeah. that. And I was like, Eddie is the man. Like, I remember thinking, like, that's, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I guess with earliest, if I'm going to my very earliest childhood memories, then it, it has to be like a three-way split as far as, like, hip-hop for me if, um, and, and, and that culture. Um, it's it's to me Pac, Biggie, and um and Snoop, all you know, kind of at one time. That's when I feel like I was falling in love with hip hop and retaining everything for sure. All three of them were like just the coolest dudes in the world for all individual reasons for me. Um, then I, like a TV star, that was the two TV stars I thought like was cool as shit and popping in the '90s. Uh, was uh, Will Smith and Bill Bellamy. Those, mm, those were two guys those are that, good. that were like, those are good they, they was those dudes to me. Like, if I was naming uh, people who influenced me in my very early years of memory, 100% Will, Bill Bellamy, and the three guys I named, Snoop, Pac, and, and um, <clears throat> Biggie. It was cool as shit to me. Now, you know what's interesting is like all those people that you named, going off, yeah. of, your, going off of your personal definition of cool. Yeah. All those people that you named is interesting because it's like there's so many different ways that somebody could be cool, perceived cool, right? Correct. Yeah. What I always found funny though is that your definition, to me, your definition is the definition a teacher would give a kid or the definition a parent would give a child or should, you know, if they're mm. a good parent. Well, why is that? Because. If I were to define like how I define cool as, mm-hmm. I think cool is determined by the masses, and I think mm, so. You don't think you get to determine if you're cool or not? No, 
I don't think you have the power to determine if you're cool. You probably think you're cooler than me, Mike Posner. Good, <laughs> good, good, good record. That's all. Like, I don't think people have the, the, like, it don't matter how unique you are, how true to yourself you are. If you ain't cool, you ain't cool. You're never going to be cool. Like, I think... That part is true. The general public, the way that people feel about you yeah. determines whether you're cool or not, which is... What people say about you when you're not in the room. I mean, it could be when you're in the room, too. Cool kind of gets acknowledged to me. I could be wrong about that. Acknowledged more when you're not physically there. Like, Depends when people... On the person. When, I can see that. In, in closed doors... Behind closed doors, are you the people they laughing at, they don't respect, or it's only good things they got to say and respect? Now, here's the thing. We've, you know what I'm saying? I think that depends on a lot of <clears throat> factors. It depends on who's speaking. It depends on where they're speaking from. Because, like, the position that they could be speaking from... That's w- all technicalities, w- but I But I those you. technicalities are, like, yeah. what make, what makes them say what they say. Because there could be somebody who, let's say, you're a person who has done a lot for them. Mm-hmm. You're not in the room. Mm-hmm. They are talking crazy about you. Does that mean you're not cool? No. That's why I say you can't ah, go by that. Fair enough. I get you. So for me, <clears throat> like, cool is determined by the, the other people's perception of you. Now. But people don't. Well. That's a, I don't know, it's tough, though. I, I, I don't mean to step on your point, but a lot of people don't get told to their face that they're cool. They do and don't, if that makes sense. Like, I think we could use ourselves as examples here. Yeah, like, there, people, there's, there's people that are going to say we're cool, but you're not going to hear it in person more than you would hear f- about it behind closed doors, if that makes sense. No, I get it. I think that's just giving people flowers in general. Like, giving people any type of positive compliment or positive phrase people tend to be more comfortable doing that in the third person or doing that in a position where you're not physically there than when you are physically there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's fair enough. I get that. But I think like <clears throat> the determining factor of if somebody is cool, like let's talk about a good example, Terrence J or Nick Cannon. To me, these are two great examples of men that if I were to write who they are on a sheet of paper versus who the public sees them as, mm-hmm. You get two different people. Mm-hmm. Like on a sheet of paper, Terrence J is a super charismatic, well articulate, educated brother who has achieved in life. Who you know what I'm saying? Like he has. It seems like a solid reputation about him, a, a, a solid career. This and that. Like mm-hmm. he's not a negative person. I don't ever see him on the news for harming people or doing this or that. Like he's not an ugly person. He's not a person who it, clearly women mm-hmm. find him attractive. This and that. To me. He fits the qualifications to be cool on paper, mm-hmm. like Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon mm-hmm. probably got one of the craziest, craziest origin stories and has seen some of the craziest things throughout the history of uh, uh, his life and the, the music business. Yeah. He's done some crazy things. Legendary. Legendary things. One of the youngest executives that we know as far as you know, being black and being in power and entertainment. 100%. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> cool is not determined by you just being yourself. Cool is determined by how the public decides how they feel about you. 
Oh, uh, here we go. Well, what is you that? You see mean? what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. th- think about how many times what, you've heard. What are, what are we getting at, though? I mean, people call Nick Cannon corny. People call mm. uh, Terrence J corny. I've never seen Terrence J do anything bad to somebody. Yeah, I've never even seen him try somebody or even get into it with somebody. Yeah, but don't, don't seem like he get disrespectful like that. And most of the people that I've heard call that man, you know, corny, whatever. Yeah. I they don't got no stories for you either. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, like they'll call him corny, but you ask him like, "What did he do?" That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how you know. Well, we we definitely not go get on a tangent of corny because we don't care about corny shit, right? But this is a cool conversation. I mean, that's but to talk about cool, just like they to talk about love, you, they, you they gotta kinda, talk. They kind of correlate, right? In to talk about love, you gotta at least touch on hate. I feel like to talk about cool, you gotta talk about not cool. Yeah, because I feel like probably every everybody, you know, everybody probably corny to somebody, like. But I guess you could say if you had to cool define, to if you had to define, because we heard your definition of what you think is cool, which yeah. is dope. And I think yeah. there are a lot of people who have that same definition. Like I said, a lot of teachers, if a kid asks a teacher, yeah. if a kid asks a teacher, hey, what makes a kid cool? Yeah. You know, you know exactly what the I answer think is cool, going to be. Yeah. Be yourself. I think, well, all, you know, all it, that horse shit that you tell kids I, before they realize I, that you've been lying to them their whole life when they get older. I don't equate my statement to horse shit. However, <laughs> authenticity is cool for sure authenticity is cool to sheen the dream yeah <laughs> yes it is there's a lot of niggas that are that have lived their lives fully authentic and been corny and shit and that, that's and that's, that's oh that's real too that's a thing you could be yeah that's real now if we had to put our fingers on things that are deemed as cool we yeah. can do that like yeah. i remember at one point you know we weren't in this era we we're not old enough to have been in that era but smoking cigarettes was cool Yep. Leather jackets was cool. Motorcycles. Coke. Cocaine? Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, Coke was... Both were pop culture at I, one time. At one, at one time, both were cool. I ain't gonna... <laughs> they that, said Coke had Coke in it. At one time. It's it's funny because people don't even drink... Like, drinking soda is, like, looked down upon now. But, like, back nah, in the day... Nah, there's niggas out there drinking that... No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's uh, not people that drink it anymore. Yeah. But I don't think that's the hip thing to drink. Like hipsters now are drinking like artisanal water and all that. Yeah, type of I remember like, Sprite was the shit. Yeah, like it's not really cool to be drinking soda no more. Like it used to be at one point that was a cool thing. Let's all get pop. I still think you know we, for all intents and purposes, because of a lot of the the things that are going on, you know, legally as far as changes being done or whatever. Hmm. Weed is still on that list of things that are deemed as oh the cool guy thing. It it was. I don't know if it's there anymore. I feel like it's so like regular now more than any normalized. Regular probably not the right best way to describe it, but normalized more than it has ever been in this country. I can't speak for everywhere else, but this country. So I don't see it like that no more. There was once the time of yeah they smoke they cool like you know because again Snoop on down but i think that's so do you i feel think, like that stopped now everybody's smoking you feel me do you think that when something is normalized it loses its cool factor it can not always in my head it, it I also, can not everything but it can yeah because in my head i also think about 
sunglasses. Yeah. Like, remember Shades at one point? That's the cool guy shit. Like, yeah. if you were watching the TV show, yeah, like, absolutely. let's say there's a cartoon that's The guy with the shades was cool. The nigga with the shades was the cool guy. Yes, absolutely. Anybody could get sunglasses. Everybody. Yeah. So. Mm, I see what you did there. <laughs> that uh, Like, that. that's why this, this, like, I started going down this rabbit hole because I'm like, yeah. when you really start thinking about as like, we're weird pe- people. are weird, bro. Like, Every, what we everybody deem weird. to be. Nobody's not, No, I'm talking about mankind oh, in general. See, like, see, what yeah, we yeah, deem yeah. to be, like, what we latch on to be the cool guy thing. Like, I'll say this. I think there's a way to measure cool or there's mm-hmm. a way to see what's going to be or what could be cool. Mm-hmm. Usually, now this is going off of the past, a lot of things that are deemed to be cool are rebellious. So like yes. smoking cigarettes yes. were cool back in the day, but not because it was something that was like looked up upon or whatever. It was seen as an act of rebellion. Especially with teenagers. Yeah, I was about to say teenagers. Especially yeah. with, you know what I'm saying? Teenagers like, were rebellious. The 13-year-old that could, that was smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like um, the the wear, like the leather jacket, the glasses. Like, I, like we said, you could go to a store and pick up a leather jacket. You can yeah. go to any store and pick up shades. But you rocking those was seen as you not dressing, quote-unquote, appropriately. You not being... The, the yuppie, you not being the um, the quote-unquote gentleman. Mm-hmm. You were seen as a rebel. Mm-hmm. Or like with women, a lot of the things that, you know, amongst women might be cool or whatever. At one point, you know, uh, 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 low-rise jeans. Yeah. Mini skirts, things of that nature. It was seen as like a deviation from what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Skipping school when you are in school. Skipping school was a cool nigga thing. Yeah, hooky was... Uh, the term. <laughs> this nigga said hooky. Ugh, I hated that term. We're going to play hooky. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fuck. What you saying? But, um, no, nah, I just look at stuff like that, but then I think about the movie 21 Jump Street. I love that movie. Funny as shit. So, if you remember, you know, for those who haven't seen the movie, yeah. these are two adult cops who go <laughs> undercover in a high school. Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Yeah, and they go undercover in a high school, and they have to pretend to be high school students. Now, back in their day when they were actually kids, Channing Tatum was the cool guy, mm-hmm. and Jonah Hill was the loser. When they went back, however, <laughs> Channing Tatum, being everything that was cool 20 years ago, was not the cool guy anymore. So being the dumb jock, being violent, being tough guy, being all these different things wasn't seen as cool but being Jonah Hill which was the more sensitive smarter these different things were seen as what's cool today how does like i i try to i try to follow trends sometimes cuz i always see you know i feel like everything's interconnected that's just the way my brain works right i believe in transfer learning so, like, to me, the same way as I want to know how the stock market works, yeah. the same way I want to know how, you know, how our market works when, yeah. you know, what do people want to listen to? When do they turn, tune into it? When do they choose to listen to these things? Yeah. I always like to follow kind of trends and tendencies and see how they work. Mm-hmm. The one thing that always stumped me was I see what they're doing 
and I do see that today, things are different. People feel different. But what makes something that was at one point cool, what makes it become whack? What makes it become lame now? Hmm. How does that transition happen? Fads do wear out. Um, Because cool cool ain't all about a fad, but I'm just saying an element of cool has something to do with, like, you know, fads in a way. You know, just like... See, I understand that with, like... Okay, Ed Hardy was popping when we first left high school. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Fads go in and out. But with attitudes. Like, the being... Being the... the, uh, That go in and out, too. Because the gentleman... The gentleman back in the nineties, like being the dude, the 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 good the good dude per se, rather the regular working guy or whatever, and stuff, and had the stuff in order. That was kind of not so frowned upon how it is today for whatever reason. How I I don't know, but I definitely see that it it seems to like happen. Like there was the one time where the staying home wife thing was popping. Now the city girl shit is popping. Yeah, it's, that is I, true. I mean, there was a time, like I said, now the dope boy always kind of was the cool thing, but now it, it's the drug user. Bingo. Ah. That, that's what I'm saying. So I feel like it's always been a thing that's kind of personality type seem to go in and out of style as well. Like, believe it or not, fellas, gentlemen will, will arise again. I don't know how long, but... It should arise again, you feel me, as a popular thing. Right now, it's still kind of not. But you get what I'm saying, right? No, I get it. I get it. And it it, it makes me think. Because you look at... Being cool is the focus of so many different things. Like, when you break down... When you break down um, a lot of movies, right? Think about yeah. how many movies, coming, in, coming of age movies, yeah. the whole point was... This is a wild story... About like it could involve a a, a murder, a high speed yeah. chase, a, a theft, or this and that. Yeah. But when you boil the story down, what is this about? This is about a dude that wanted to be cool, and this is what he went through to be seen as cool by other people. Yeah. Like think about how many movies that that falls under, which is crazy. People crashing, and on top of that, people crashing out to be cool. Yeah. That's the one thing though. Cool is like can be a high that people chase. Or whatnot, but that's why I that's why I say it should it should be regular or considered regular because you shouldn't have to chase acceptance. What makes you attractive to everybody? It don't even got to be they think like you're so fine or whatever the case may be, pretty like. But what makes people gravitate towards you, you to your vibe, to your frequency, whatever think, that is? I think that's what the major part or the biggest part of the being cool, in my opinion. I think being cool is dangerous. Hell yeah, it'd be dangerous because people would be chasing that shit. People want to kill. The cool niggas get killed. Yeah. Not just that. I Also, being cool also means a certain level of attention on you that's not safe. Yeah. And once you have a certain level of attention and adoration, you know, they always say hate is closer to love than indifference, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're indifferent towards somebody, they're invisible. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you ever notice, a good example is people like, whether it be the baby, whether it be, like, anybody who's ever had a fan group mm-hmm. that, like, super fanned out about them or or, or really loved mm-hmm. them and then turned on them. I think the more that people 
praise you, the more that people lift you up, it's a multitude of things start to happen. One, energy is real. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because people people will tax you for their energy that they put into you, even if they've never met you. People uh, will tax you for that shit. And the way that, that so like, let's say you are an athlete. You're a college athlete. Not even college, high school. We're gonna take it back to the basics. High school. High school athlete, really successful. People are fans of yours. They go to the games, they cheer for you, all these different things. All of a sudden they feel because they cheer for you, because you do these because they do these things or they're fans of your gameplay, you owe them now in their head. It might not be cognizant, but subconsciously there's a connection there because of that energy that they consistently give towards you. They feel entitled to They your feel energy. entitled to your energy, they feel entitled to your time. Think about it how you know, let's say dude gets um, a big college scholarship. He goes on ESPN. He has an interview, this and that. Uh, he's out at a restaurant with his family. Mm-hmm. This is a person who's watched all his games. They walk up to him. They're like, you know, I just wanted to let you know I watched all your games and this and that. He's like, hey, you know, I love the support, but I can't right now. I'm with my family. I got to go. Now, they could just take that and move on. But if, they, if they're upset about it, what's the first thing that they said? The first thing that they're going to say is, but I watched all your games, but I did this, but I did that. Those things tally up. Even when a person doesn't know you, yeah. anything that they lend in your direction, whether it be retweeting your shit, oh, I, I, when your music came out, I put it in my story. I did it in my TikTok. I did this, that, the third. Mm-hmm. Fans feel this attachment that entitles them to you. And I think being cool is that type of engagement too, because in order, like I said, in order for you to be cool, motherfuckers validate you. One hundred percent. You're not like you can't be the cool guy at high school and nobody knows you. To be the cool guy, it takes motherfuckers validating that you're cool. Yeah. To them, you are cool. Yeah. Once they provide that to you, they gave you something. Man, never think about it like that, but it's true. And for me, that makes being cool look dangerous. It makes it look like you're dealing with a world of people with their hands out. Mm-hmm. Plus, you mentioned crashing out. So many people, in order to get that validation from some people, will do things. They'll even compromise themselves. They'll compromise people around them. They'll compromise their beliefs in order to be elevated to whatever that level is in order to receive that that validation. Yeah, that's facts. Uh I just had a like flashback from like like you know, like school in one instance uh with a bigger situation I had with my um with my parents and my um school principal um of people like whatever I was doing it did get me in trouble. I don't want to really say what it was, but whatever I was doing it did get me in trouble, right? And the whole thing was like I was like, well, what's the big deal? Because I feel like I'm being, you know, regular in how I express myself. What the principal said that did stick with me was, it's not the fact. It's not about the fact that maybe what you're doing, you don't think it's that bad. It's the fact that other kids see you doing it, so they they're gonna do whatever they can to try to emulate that and do that, and that's what the problem is. That that just kind of stuck with me. You feel me? As far as like people. This equates to people crashing out to try to be cool like that. So it gave me perspective and how I like try to move. I be thinking all the time, I'm just being myself, being regular, 
and you can be, but when people deem you cool, let's say, if that's the case or or whatever, it what you're saying about it being dangerous, that's where it could be dangerous because if if everybody think that they could do what you can do, they might try to do worse, do what you're doing and worse to get that same love. Yeah. And this is why people be getting, you know, senselessly killed and different things be happening. I also think that the opposite is just as dangerous. So, like, somebody being cool is dangerous, but also being uncool. Yeah. It creates a type of person if the person takes it too. I'm not going to say too personally, but they they take it inward as if the, the validation that that for the most part, everybody seeks socially. Uh, as far as like that validation they take it to to mean something as far as like their worth as a person mm-hmm. it shapes their worldview being uncool can shape how you see everything how you see everybody and we <clears throat> we'll see that a lot in people who deal with rejection yeah you'll see these guys and they might not have been the cool guy when they were younger they might not have got the girls. They might not have, mm. you know, they felt like these guys that they that that did get that validation, they're like, well, he used drugs and he did this and he did these different things. You know, mm. I went to school. I focused. I this and that. And you didn't want me in it now. Like what it does is it creates a villain origin story for so many different people. Mm. And eventually it's like you become all those dudes that you looked at and you wish that you were able to be at one point, you become this like warped, nasty, bizarro version of them as an adult. Cause I've seen that happen with a lot of guys. I think that's something that, you know, I've seen happen with the red pill people I've seen. And for those who don't know what red pill is, red pill is those guys on YouTube on that side of the internet that always are talking about, you know, uh, women this, women that, women need to be this, guys need to be that, women aren't the same anymore, high value man, all that bullshit. I feel like there are so many of them that were that kid, that wanted that validation, that wanted that, they wanted the love, mm-hmm. they wanted the feelings, but they never got them. Now, through life, of course, people take time, they developed, they yeah. became adults. As an adult, you eventually, you know, you're going to get a, a some kind of job. You're going to get a house. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. And then now some of them might even, you know, their looks improve. Mm-hmm. You're able, as a man, a lot of dudes, you know, are late bloomers. You're able to hit the gym. You're able to grow into something mm-hmm. that maybe women do find attractive now. But the problem is that version of them from when they were kids that hated everybody still is exists. still is still there that is still there yeah so some dirt is on the way damn that's a crazy perspective but i ain't think yeah that's some a lot of our police forces these niggas you talk about Woo! but that i really we don't need to go too deep no, into that's that a thing. that's a that's it. a stereotype the the old you know the jock who yeah. used to have his glory days the yeah the the cool guy who used to have his glory days and this and that and then now they're a cop beating down on people or people who like we say it runs out you might have been you know cool in high school now people don't view you the same for whatever reason yeah Ugh. Uh, damn homie 
Yeah, yeah, you know the you know the line. In high school, you was the man, homie. What? What? <laughs> Fuck happened to you? <laughs> That's a real thing, though. Yeah. So. When you talk about people that got that nastiness to them, I think about that boy that they that's getting popular for whatever reason, Andrew Tate. When I say getting Ooh. popular, he's been popular, but we talking about him now for whatever reason. That's a good like, point. You know what I'm saying? He, from what I've looked into, he seems like, I don't want to say fake, but that philosophical facade, but of, um, is it misogyny? Is that yeah. the, is that the right word? Misa- Shit. Yeah. I ain't gonna it, lie. If Andrew Tate like, is not misogynistic, no one's misogynistic. Okay, cool. I I just want to make sure I'm, you know, correct here with what, how I'm describing dude cuz I had, you know, we had to look into him. But I equated to like people like that. They probably were if dweeb ain't the right word cuz I don't know that man. They, they weren't they were uncool at some point, figured out how to be cool and, you know, they crash out sometimes. I don't know if he's really. I don't know if he's crashing out, but it seems like you know things are going bad. He getting banned. Uh, it's a whole. It's a whole thing, and I don't even know why it's so important on the internet. I don't know why this is cool to people. To be honest, you know, bringing up Andrew Tate is a good point. Like, I don't think I wouldn't say he's crashing out just yet. I feel like he's still early yeah. in whatever it is that's happening. Uh, for those of you who don't know Andrew Tate, you know, you can always pause and go ahead and look into yeah. him. But uh, giving you the short blurb, he used to be a professional fighter. Uh, he turned into the manager of uh, some cam girls. Um, he managed their online content. This is pretty much like an OnlyFans manager, except this was before OnlyFans came out. He ended up blowing up because a lot of the people, well, first, he's a multimillionaire. Second, a lot of the people that it seems like he spends his time with are very popular YouTubers. And the specific type of YouTubers that are his friends are those guys we were talking about before, who are the, the you know, Red Pill, Manosphere, you know, I this is how I feel about women. Women should do X, women should do Y type of guy. And that's that's yeah. a lot of the rhetoric that he's on. Whenever I yeah. hear a guy... Whenever I see somebody kind of jump into that rhetoric and spend too much of their day worried about what women do, it's it's usually a very like uh it's a worrisome thing to me. Like I got a friend. Divulge. I got a friend who will remain nameless for obvious reason. I but, know this friend. Oh, you know exactly who <laughs> that friend is. <laughs> if you yeah. and I think this applies to women too. Don't get me twisted. This applies to women too. Uh, yeah. I feel like if you wake yeah. up in the morning mad at women in general, just wake up in the morning and the first thing you start talking about is how trash women are. Yeah. You have a problem, bro. You hate yourself too. You like there's got to be something. There's got to be something tied to that that's not right. Because no matter what it is, like, I don't think I even dislike anything enough to care enough about it to feel that way and to live that way. Yeah, likewise. I think the reason, and you, you asked a good question. You said, you know, you don't know why he's so important. I think I think Andrew Tate is important, bro. I think people Can, like him are important because, why? Of, because of what they represent. Um, why does somebody that represent what he seems to represent. Why are they important? There are too many kids 
that are susceptible on YouTube. And let's break, let's let's go into this. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the new Batman? Um, the la- the last one that came out, the Robert Pattinson. Yes, Batman. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Did you see the villain that played which which villain? The um uh Riddler. Riddler's villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to know why that was to me a very important movie? I think it shined a light on the future of crime. As dark as this movie is, it shined light. Yeah. I, th- I think to me future of crime yeah I think the most dangerous people and I think the most dangerous group of people that we have bubbling under the surface right now are kids who are losing social cues who are losing the ability to learn right from wrong socially and have too much unfettered access to YouTube. Now, here's why I say YouTube in particular. Everybody knows, um, you know, going back to the the unfit parents. Everybody knows those parents that don't actually parent their kids. And what do they do? They throw them in front of what? An iPad. Yeah. Every every kid that you know of that's like a a, a wild motherfucker has an iPad. Even <laughs> the strict parents, strict parents, they eventually give in. And get their kid what? An iPad. Every kid wants a goddamn iPad. If you ain't got an iPad, you got a Kindle. Something. Something. And guess what those kids have access to? YouTube. Yeah. And here's why that's dangerous. Yeah. On YouTube. That doll shit happened with the the doll thing. Not to step on your point, but just, just coincide with it. I remember the kids. There was some weird, awkward doll that uh, was being posted and... Kids were getting a hold of it was a it was a girl oh, doll yeah and she it was like low key putting kids under a hypnosis and yeah for it was a video, creepy it video. was very weird Babadook type shit it was weird yeah I remember that that was like that was going around for a few months where there was like we'll get the we'll My post fault. we'll post it on our Instagram I forget, we did an episode on that we did talked we? about it did we. My bad if we did. I'm just saying this conversation made me think of that because yeah, the kids. I don't know what you was getting at, but I felt like it was it, it went along with what you were you know trying to get to. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but pretty much when you have kids sitting in front of the internet, unfettered, unwatched, they come across things, and not just kids, teenagers, hell, young adults in general. While yeah. your brain is formatting, while your views of the world and the way that you think about society and the things that you believe are being formatted, having people like Andrew Tate, who are to me charismatic dude it's easy to see why men would like he's a guy's guy you could tell like him sitting in a room full of men he knows what to say to make men chuckle yeah, he knows what real. to do you can tell like as a person who's an ex-fighter he's used to being in rooms and maneuvering in rooms full of men yeah and knows alpha how to personalities he could he could shape in a room with mm-hmm. alpha personalities due to that fighting culture because you got to be with you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You got to be in there. And that's what makes him even more dangerous. Because when you're talking to a guy who is, let's say, anywhere between 15 and 19, mm-hmm. this is a guy who isn't just some slouch. He was a good fighter. He was a whooping ass. Yeah, he was nice with it. He has the money. He has the women. He has the cars. He's proven that he could get it. He's not only proven that he could get it in one career. 
He's proven that, that he can do it in multiple. He's showing and proving that at some point, I am somebody that you might want to follow. The visual is there. And then when he starts talking to you and he's saying the things that you want to hear, he's like the male Derek Jackson, right? <laughs> he's, he's the way that women gravitated towards Derek Jackson because there were things that he was saying that women wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Tate is that for young men. There's a lot of young men who feel like they're unheard. Yeah. They feel like I can't stand women because X, Y, and Z. They still hold on to whether it be it could be that middle school hurt, it could be high school hurt, it could be you know being looked at as funny by their peers, it could be not being taken serious enough, wanting to do all these things and be all these things, especially mm-hmm. as men who've been that age before. When you're coming of age, right? You're going through changes. You're you're learning things about yourself. A lot of men forget that those women that you're dealing with are learning those things about themselves, too. That's real. So while they're like all you hear young men say is what these women, they wishy washy. They don't know what they want. They this, they that. Yes. Neither do you. Mm-hmm. But when you have that person who's in your ear, like. They're like that because that's what bitches are. You're the man. Yeah. You're this. You're that. Like, they're feeding into your ego. They're telling you you're right. Mm -hmm. They're telling you that all these women are wrong. They're telling you that, you know, they're feeding into your worst instincts and your worst, darkest impulses. Mm -hmm. I see, especially if you're talking about somebody who's getting not millions, billions of impressions a day. Because let's be clear, for this dude to be trending on Twitter over and over again, trending on Instagram over and over again. And it's not like it's his page putting this stuff out. These are random pages going left and right, whether it be Hoodville, whether it be, you know, uh, a city boy, something, all these different random really? pages taking his videos and reposting them, saying little tidbits about this is how men work. This is how women work. All of these different things. He's like, he's like the, the young steroided up Kevin Samuels, right? Mm-hmm. That And it's funny To me he is everything that Everything that people complained about Or were worried about Or were scared about When it came to Kevin Samuel mm-hmm. He's that I feel like that's what he really is Yeah I mean he's this on, yeah, Kev was very clear on who he was talking about First of all he was pushing for marriage He wanted. He was only talking to black people I was about to say He was yeah, only talking to black sure. people first Second he was pushing for marriage Yeah Like agreeing or disagreeing with what he was saying I'm not talking about his messages I'm saying who he was talking to and what he cared about Yeah He only was talking to black people He was specifically talking about marriage And he was specifically talking about you know, people who want to date in the top 1% of the uh, 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 world. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Outside of that, he's not talking to, about, or with anybody else. But when you have somebody who's telling you, hey, you know, you as a college student, as a dude, you don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. Mm. Giving you these different you know, bits of advice for the common man telling you about common issues, but not in a positive way, pretty much letting you know as a guy, it's okay for you to behave in wild ways without consequence. And just telling you straight up, if you're Mm. alpha quote unquote, Mm. you just do it. And the women just got to deal with it and they just going to have to live with it. That 
to a young, impressionable, not just singular person, but like across the Internet can raise a group of people that you do not want to see out in public. Agreed. But is dude really that popular a young amongst the young masses like this, the young adult masses like this? Because like I said, I didn't know much about dude until all this stuff was coming out. And yeah, I seen him and heard him speak, but. You know, I'm not really tapped into dudes that once I hear what you're talking about and it's misogyny, I don't I don't need to keep listening. Well, for us, it's different. I'm 30 turning 31. You know what I'm saying? You're 32. Yes, right. Happy belated, of course. Of so, course, we, salute. We weren't, appreciate that. We weren't airing at the time. Salute. Appreciate I'm that. Talking to my brother, who's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Super intelligent cat. Yeah, ahead of his time. To him and, mind you, 21 years old. And and people in his age group and the people that he's around and the people that he know, they find Tate hilarious. Really? So they know him. They find him entertaining. It's I been would, a multitude of times. I wouldn't where, even think Leroy would be in it. That's the thing. That's the da- another dangerous thing about Andrew Tate. Not all his videos are the same. So while you'll see one video where he's talking about, you know, women shouldn't have rights and this and that mm-hmm. and all these different things. You'll have another video where he talking about business and shit like talking that? about business, talking about the growth of business, talking about the fact that um, like one of the videos, you know, my brother sent me was him saying that too many times women prioritize love and penalize men for focusing on business. But if that man follows that woman, and prioritizes love and doesn't focus on business, he will lose that woman. <laughs> and as a man, I saw that video and I was like, Whoo, it's hard for you to say anything negative about that because that nigga just preached the gospel for two seconds. I ain't saying nothing. What you said, bro? <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? <laughs> what makes a guy like that dangerous yeah. is that he's not always going to jump off the building and say the wildest things. A lot of it is saying the bare basics of things that we see on a day-to-day basis. And to be real, if you're a guy who is just living and breathing, you're going to encounter and feel where he's coming from. I'm going to identify to some degree is what you're saying? Yeah, you're, you're going to. And that's where it becomes interesting. And to me, most most dangerous people, most people with dangerous rhetoric are like that. Like if we, you know, go to politics, Trump. Yeah. Trump is, we've heard him say nasty things. We've heard him say crazy things. We've heard him say in, in, uh, ignorant things. But we've also heard him say things and be like, that nigga, damn, he, he telling the truth yeah. right now. Yeah. Nah, that's true. Because that's the only way it works. It'll only work if you if you put truth in it. So... You we sounds like Andrew Tate's the guy who the the OG who he mainly ignorant, but he he'll give you some wisdom and that's all right, boom. So that's law in the street. Boom. Like like in that time. Yeah. Okay. I I I could see the correlation in that. So you feel like he's like that or potentially like that to the to young under under twenty five group. I feel like that's the best way I could Yeah. Gauge like how age dangerous and shit like that. Let's let's break into that because yeah. you just gave me something perfect. How dangerous is a forty year old 
negative-minded individual to a neighborhood. Oh, that's catastrophic. Or can 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 be can be can can be. It depends if people really respect them, though. But if they people deem that person to be cool, that would be dangerous because that's like law almost now. Like if if Snoop happened to be like a a, a terrible a, a, a corn and a and a bad dude, like aside from what he give you. You know what I'm saying? That could be potentially dangerous because everybody loves Snoop because of the wisdom he does give. But imagine if he was foul and into fuckery beyond that. that exactly. Could, that could be dangerous. You could birth a nation to fuck niggas. <laughs> so that's how bad it could be for a neighborhood. Yeah. Imagine the yeah. internet. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Now, <clears throat> so that's why when I see things like, okay, Facebook and YouTube have taken these steps to go ahead and ban this guy, I'm like, well, damn. That's crazy. But then there's the other half of me that's like, there's so many people that say so many terrible things, especially like we are two black men right now speaking on a podcast. We're probably one of the most hated groups of people ever. Like podcasts have been looking bad for a, at least two years now. Yeah. we At uh, least two to three years. We walk in red flags, y'all. In these <laughs> that's, Not what for I, real. That's, that's what I heard. We red flags. It's it's wild because and Shit especially crazy. looking at us, you would think like we don't look like your typical non misogynist, right? Like you would think that we'd be you know uh, we hard on bitches and da 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 and like we just not that's not that's not our thing that's not our thing at all. But when you look at just what the nature of podcasting has become, there's a lot of those. Now you start to wonder. Well, why single this guy out and not these other people? Right? Because yeah. let's be clear, Fresh and Fit still has social media. Yeah. And they uh, average crazy views. Like all these different, you know what I'm saying? All these different yeah. people that we know for a fact say terrible things, live by terrible things, do terrible things. Yeah. Have not been banned. So what made this guy get banned was my first thought but you know that's me yeah. being a conspiracy theorist i look at things and i'm like there's got to be there's got to be another reason that maybe either a we won't know yeah it could be something and especially when you're dealing with millionaires you don't know what somebody could have done at a party you know what you don't I know what it. somebody could have said to one the of, wrong person one of them in one of his internet broads got to be like a instagram executives like baby mama or some <laughs> shit like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg fucking cousin is one of them bras or something like, you know what I'm saying? I don't get it. And I said this a few years ago. You'll probably remember this when I repeat it. Mm -hmm. Social media is the new theology. That's a fact. I won't argue that. So for people who are looking for religion, people who are looking for things to believe in, people are looking for hope, people are looking for faith. People are looking for discipline. Like there are people mm -hmm. who, you know, we forget there are people who who spend that spend all day on their phone scrolling looking for inspiration. Yes. You know, whereas yeah. in the past people could have whether it be, you know, the Bible or whether it be whatever it is that they revere, whatever it is that they love, the Quran, the all these different things, or even outside of religion, some people had, you know, a sense of like neighborhood, a sense of this, that, the third, like yeah. You could go to to the the local Y, and there's people who have their like bowling team that they usually rock with, their basketball team that they usually kick it with. They'll yeah. play full court with these guys, whatever. Yeah. I think after COVID, 
we were pushed further into the digital age than we were ready for. You have generations of people who are now so much more comfortable in this like individualistic society. That's one facet of it. Another facet of it is there are so many people that are young and confused. Think about how many people had no junior or senior year of high school or had no, in my brother's case, freshman year or sophomore year of college. Had no, like... Well, they had one. It was a digital one. That's what I'm saying. So it's different. Everything is different. Mm -hmm. Then you add in one thing that I feel like I pay attention to, but I feel like a lot of people don't. The power vacuum. The moment that, you know, Kevin Samuels passed away, God bless the dead. Mm -hmm. The moment that he passed away, it created something I consider a power vacuum. All those viewers, all those watchers or whatever, yes, he has old content that they can cycle through. Yes, he has things that they can go ahead and log on and look at or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they're going to look for somebody else to replace whatever he was to them. They're going to look for somebody to replace what, like their viewing time as far as like putting out new content, putting out new things. Yeah. And there were a lot of people that, you know, jumped in. There were a lot of women that even came in and tried to fill that position. I think he ended up being somehow that person that a lot of those viewers gravitated to. Like, I believe, you know, hypothetically, if, because, uh, you know, the Breakfast Club news came out not too long ago. Yeah. Where Angela Yee is leaving. Right. That's going to create a power vacuum for women in radio. There's going to be a lot of women clamoring for that spot. But hypothetically, let's say the Breakfast Club itself was going off the air completely. Mm-hmm. That would have been a power vacuum. For shows, because all that viewership, all that viewership, there's going to be people clamoring for that position. Yeah. Now, now it doesn't mean that position as in literally going to that building in iHeart and filling those seats or whatever. But I'm saying views and listens are resources, bro. They're just like everything else. They're a resource. Facts. That's a fact. When people create a relationship with a show. That relationship is real. After a breakup, what's going to happen? They're eventually going to date again. Yeah, moving on. And when you have a situation where that show has a relationship with however many hundred million people and that breakup happens, that's a hundred million people looking for a new relationship. When you put it like that, you got a point. So, but I think that's, that's why he is what he is. He, he, arrived from people's need for the cool. Maybe so. Sometimes I have to remind myself, like when we do the show or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, being in entertainment and working towards entertaining people, you're in a position where your livelihood depends on the cool. Talk about it. Like, people's opinions of you deem whether you're successful or not. People liking you. Your likeliness. Yeah, like you're, you being a likable person, your content being likable, your stuff being relatable, your things being, you know, that it affects everything. It controls everything. Like, mm-hmm. whether you're a musician, you know, you want to make records that people like. You need spins in order, like people need to feel something. 
in order for it to be successful. If you're a podcast, people need to feel these conversations. People need to people need to be able to tap in. There needs to be that relatability that yeah. you know that 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 love that's there in order for it to go anywhere. And I think that's where entertainment is a a, a dangerous job because relying on that, you know, going back to what we were saying just as kids, kids who look too deep into that can crash out professionals that look too deep into that can crash out too for sure we've seen you know uh rappers chasing sounds that they ain't got no business chasing we've seen you know people wearing things they ain't got no business wearing (laughs) to try to get the attention doing the 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 crazy tiktok dances the you know i'm gonna rock a diaper and do a festival i'm gonna do all these different things to try to get these views and it's uh maybe gonna beat your ass i'm just playing I was about to say that. I just fuck with. <laughs> now I, I I ain't gonna fuck around with his uh, his security. That dude is big. But, yeah, but that... baby, I bop that nigga on the top of his shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll punch down on that nigga. Bro. <laughs> what you was saying? Bro. I don't give a fuck. What was you saying, bro? Um, <laughs> nigga, don't play with me. Uh, <laughs> he got he got math. <laughs> yes. Like, can you imagine getting washed by niggas like five three? That'd be terrible. Right. Well. Hey, you might be sitting there like I, they they call him the baby, but he hit like a man. That's what you gonna say? Hell no, nah, that's that, <laughs> that's a nigga. But that's, that's a nigga. You embarrass him, he'll shoot you though. But um, carry on. <laughs> and they gonna pull up on you in that pamper. Oh my god! With, uh, the, with the four five, got seven pound of pressure. How much? How much would somebody have to wear? Uh, pay you to wear a diaper? Like on stage, on stage in front of people, uh, fifty mil, fifty mil. I think I could sell myself for fifty mil. <laughs> I didn't. I'm joking, by the way, with the sell myself. Don't take that shit serious, y'all. I would never. I was gonna say if the show blows, you know, you fucked us up now. Yeah, right. Then they gonna say we signed. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts. They're going to be looking up every picture and think, oh, see, that was a sign right there. You see that? How he do the peace sign right there? That was that. Was that. That's funny. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I could ever, like, uh, yo, running around in public with a diaper is nuts to me. It is nuts, but I will say, you know, shout out to him and his uh, business. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word that go along with it, but his, his, his idea... Mm-hmm. For business, because it it did work for him. You feel yeah, me? No, like it definitely he, did. He he capitalized and, and and succeeded. You feel me? But yeah, walking around with a diaper is wild as an adult. <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying, especially if it ain't like a situation where you have like a bladder problem. Yeah, like depends. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Walking around as a middle aged adult in a diaper is crazy. But he rich. Well, he should have. It, it well, made him rich. What what he? I was gonna say what he should have done was drop the line of depends. Cause you know that's one thing. Man, that, that would have been crazy. He could have did a line of depends and put the uh, the babies from Bebe's kids on that shit. Like that, that'd be lit. like on the on the box and on and the imagine shit. That he did both. Fire. Imagine he offered both. He like like the baby, like yeah. babies, uh, like like actual baby diapers, yeah. and then depends for like adults. Oh yeah, that would be because yeah. I always thought about we giving this, this right? too many ideas. I always thought about this in life. Like if I had to come out with something. As far as like you know, selling things, I feel like I would want to Not sell drugs. things. I would want to sell things that people have no choice but to buy. Like I would want to sell toilet paper and like 
paper towels and yeah. like like I've never seen a black person like black celebrity yeah. come out with like those things because that'd be dope like or hand soap yeah or like you. things that to- like toiletries yeah like a black version of Fabuloso. That, I mean, that's not toiletries. But. I, 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 I meant, yeah, I kind of fucked up. <laughs> I was talking about, I mean, I was thinking of cleaning supplies, though. Cleaning Go, supplies would be good, too. That's what I meant. Excuse me. with the. I was thinking of cleaning supplies. Nigaloso. Nigaloso is crazy. Nigaloso is crazy. Yo, imagine if Fab came out with, like, his his own version of Fabuloso. Call it Loso? In case you ain't know so? Be like, uh, they got the now the coconut flavor one. Like it leaves a coconut scent in your house, and be called, you could call it Coco Loso. That would be crazy. I'm telling you, bro. I think like to me, those moves hit me more than like clothing. Yeah, like like yeah, clothing is cool. It, like because yeah. you want to see people wear your shit. But hip hop like, should get into that more. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would be cool if if hip hop hip hop did. Yeah, because, I mean, as a black person, like, I feel like you can't get away with, like, you have to buy soap. You have to buy toiletries. You have to buy. So it'd be cool to be able to buy black, but buy those things. Because, like, you have to buy toothpaste. Why can't, why don't we have R&B, like, why doesn't Usher have a toothpaste? Right. Like, why doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like That's real. Mm, Because we... Cause like to me the closest was Fifty with vitamin water. Like there should be that. Yeah. Like there should be a rapper water. There should be a rapper yeah. like the, those things that a, you can't a, get away from. A rapper, even if I'm surprised the rapper hasn't got their own individual grocery store or something like that. Even yeah, like, that would be fire if that that became a thing. And then the, it it starts with one thing, obviously. Then it becomes a chain. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If it's popping and people support it, like even if it's not one rapper, imagine a label. Like imagine if QC right. Imagine QC Mart, where like it's all QC like Mart. yeah, so it'd be like like all <laughs> it's gonna be Swisher Sweets and Blacks everywhere, bro. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Uh, like imagine shit. a label pull it, putting putting like a Walmart spin, like so that would be fire. Going down the aisle, you got Migo cereal and you got like yep. you you got City Girl rice, yeah, like <laughs> the grand opening, they giving out free bags of rap snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, but going ahead and closing out the episode, dog, because we—I don't even know how we got here. Yeah, we. I still think I thought I think all those I, ideas are hard though. Yeah, to me, but that's because I always want to buy black. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Like yeah. I try, so when I have the option, yeah, I buy black. But a lot of the time, like, damn, like it's just, it's, it's pretty hard. But it's, think about how how frequently you buy groceries. Think about how frequently you buy. Like, imagine that being able to buy black. Yeah, but to my knowledge, but I don't have, like, the most knowledge on it to try to get a food chain supply and all of that stuff is kind of difficult, no, like, even for is. a rich person. No, it definitely is. You know what I'm saying? Like, Master P came out with his own, you know, rice. It's minute rice, so it's like Uncle Ben's rice. But, yeah. But still, like, at least that's a step in the right direction because rice is something <clears throat> that people got to buy a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like rice, bread, like shit that just regular things that people have no choice but to buy when they go out. Yeah. Especially, I still think toiletries would be a smash. Oh, yeah. It could do big things if, if it became like, you know, a thing. Because you, you ha- I mean, unless you're just walking around unhygienic, you have to buy them You things. need that stuff. Yeah. It's facts. I don't know, but that's just me. 
So if y'all Who start, knows, maybe we'll get our own one day. You know what I'm saying? Hey, reality re- bites toothpaste. Reality bites toilet paper. Yeah, that'd be wild. Nah, I don't want people putting shit stains on the smiley face. <laughs> I don't, I don't, nah, we cool. So they could say I shit it on your brand. <laughs> I don't want to give nobody that motherfucking nah, son. You ain't shit on nothing. <laughs> That's what's wrong with us, niggas. <laughs> we find a way to bring our ego into everything, dog. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, man. I go by the name of Reggie yeah. Days, and this has been yet another episode of Reality Bites. Today, I've been joined by my right-hand man. Shame the dream. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs> Always follow us on Instagram and Twitter, man. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, it'll be Reggie Days Radio. That's R-E-G-G-I-E-D-A-E-S Radio. Later days. What's wrong? What are you afraid of? The love below. She stays alone. Never sheds a single tear. Stay